Hi and welcome to the Calm Birth Conversation podcast. This is Karen McClay and I will be having lots of wonderful conversations with experts and parents around pregnancy, birth and parenting with the aim to help you to make informed choices and decisions around your own journey into parenthood. This podcast is brought to you by Calm Birth, Australia's leading childbirth education program. conversation is about preventing pelvic girdle discomfort in pregnancy and improving abdominal muscle separation after birth. I'd like to welcome back Sophie Carroll who is a women's health physio and in today's conversation we're going to be having a chat about um, our, our pelvis and pelvic girdle discomfort during pregnancy uh, which is one of sort of I guess you would say the more common issue musculoskeletal issues that you see in women uh, during their pregnancy. But then I'd also like to talk about um, abdominal separation post-birth as well, which is, I guess, another concern that women have um, in the recovery phase of, of, um, of their, their pregnancy or post-pregnancy and what they can actually do to improve on that, but also the idea of normalizing that as well, that it's actually really normal to have that separation. So welcome back, Sophie. How are you today? Darren, I'm well, thank you. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really good. So let's have a chat about pelvic girdle discomfort in pregnancy. What is it? What causes it? And, and what can women do to, to help prevent it and manage it at the same time if they do happen to have a little bit? Yeah, it's something, it is, it is common in pregnancy. It's obviously, I'm a little bit biased and it's um, obviously a lot more common in, from what I see in the clinic because that's generally the reason that they're coming in. Mm-hmm. But pelvic girdle pain, I, I thought I'll just go over, quickly go over the anatomy of the pelvis so you actually understand why we get pelvic girdle pain and where, where it can occur. Um, so our pelvis is made up of two iliums either side and also our sacrum, which is attached to our lumbar spine here. Now, our pel- this is technically our pelvic girdle with our pelvic floor as the base, the base of the hammock, I guess you can, you can call it. Our pelvic girdle is stabilised by a lot of ligaments. We have a lot of ligaments around our pubic symphysis. You can see these big ones here around our sacroiliac joints. So they provide most of our stability around this pelvic girdle. It is also controlled by, we have about 34, 35 muscles attached to our pelvic girdle. So that applies some more force and some more, I guess, support around this pelvis. And also we can't forget our neural input. So um, muscles are, are controlled by our nerves, controlled by our brain. So it's really important not to forget this guy because this one controls the whole thing. In pregnancy, what we see specifically in the second trimester is with increasing hormones, we know we get a lot of ligament laxity. So our ligaments get a little bit looser, there's a little bit more movement at both our sacroiliac joints and our pubic symphysis right at the front. So with that laxity, we need to make sure that our muscles can actually contract in, in a, correct, uh, a correct form, in a, in a correct um, in a, a coordination to actually stabilise this pelvic girdle uh, the right way during pregnancy as, as we're growing. Yeah. Right, so really what happens in pregnancy is our muscles take over from those ligaments. Yeah, our muscles and our nerves have to take over. The ligaments get quite loose and and so we get a little bit more of a shearing and that's when we talk about that pubic symphysis dysfunction is that shearing 
that shearing force at the front and you get more of a rotation happening at our pelvis. So this is often one of the main issues that we see uh, with pregnant women is you get a little bit of a slip, slipping up and down and a rotation of these iliums and that can cause pain around the lower back, around the lateral hips, around the front and then that pain can actually travel down the buttocks and down, down the thighs, the inner thighs and the outer thighs. Yeah, and look, and that's all a really normal thing. We want those ligaments nice and stretchy because we want that pelvis to be able to increase because it does increase in labour up to thirty percent. Yes. But during pregnancy, what I guess what what I imagine would be really really important is for women to really be working to keep those muscles nice and and strong to be able to take over from from those ligaments and soft tissue that that normally stabilise. That's yeah, definitely. So that's why it's really important to for pregnant women to really be exercising from the first trimester as long as they feel okay, but really get on top of it before the ligament laxity really comes into play. So if they can do some stabilisation exercises, either with a women's health physio or any uh, women's health trained um, personal trainer, Pilates, anything like that to really try and maintain um, maintain their muscle, maintain that stability and maintain that coordination around the pelvic floor to, to keep, keep the pelvis as stable as it can be um, before that ligament laxity comes into place. Yeah, so that's the big thing is staying fit and healthy really, isn't it? During the pregnancy is a great, great Which I know the to... first trimester can get a bit tricky when um, some of them aren't feeling too well. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so sometimes yep. it's after that stage and the second trimester that, that w women really start to, um, to increase their exercise and, and, and their, their program for strengthening. Yeah, and I think that is is a concern that some women do have in their, their pregnancy is doing exercise. Um, what what would your advice be to them around around that? Uh, obviously, you're very dependent. Depends on uh, what stage of the pregnancy they're up to. Um, mm -hmm. As long as they were fit and healthy before they got pregnant, I, I think it's one of those things. If you get pregnant and you decide that you're going to train for a marathon, that's probably not a good idea. No. Um, it depends on what what their exercise regime was before, and then they've got no problem continuing that. You know, well into the second trimester. Um, the second trimester, you know, around that twenty week mark, that's when it gets a lot harder. You know, we advise them not to be lying on their backs um, and, and really watching that pelvic girdle. Um, so when it comes to up to that, you know, that, that mid uh, mid of the second trimester, we we tend to start to limit things like um, lunges, anything where there's a lot of rotation happening at the pelvis. Yep. So try and limit some stairs, limit lunges, especially if you're starting to get some symptoms early on. They're, they're the things you, you'd actually just want to um, want to eliminate from your exercise regime. So instead of lunges, you can concentrate on some squats. So anything where both both you know both of your pelvic bones are rotating at the same time, instead of that lungy stairs, you know any kind of that rotational movement against each other is more likely to cause irritation around that pelvic girdle. Yeah, beautiful. I always tell tell the girls that I see in the clinic to pretend they've got a pencil skirt on, and you know, just keep your your, your hips really nice and and sort of level, and even you know, try and avoid crossing your legs over and all of that, where you're going to create that that imbalance in yeah. that pelvis. And really important, and even just general day to day. So getting in and out of bed, you know, if they can bring both knees over at the same time, um, and getting in and out of the car, you know, do your swivel with both legs together out of the car. It's those kind of actions where you've got one side doing an, a, an opposite movement to the other side. That's where they're going to start to get, get into some um, trouble with, with regards to pelvic girdle pain. 
Yeah, and I guess probably the the one that is is the hardest for women to manage is is that symphysis pubic mm. pain that right at the front yeah. there that can be really quite un- uncomfortable when that that kicks in. Yeah. Um, again, that's all about prevention, keeping that strength strong to prevent it. But for women that are starting to get that happening, what things can they be doing to to help to manage that? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a tough one. Um, there are a, a number of things that you can do to help manage it. I find clinically, I find once it's started, it's really hard to get rid of completely during pregnancy. Um, that pubic symphysis is, it's the most stable, it's typically the most stable joint in our pelvis and transfers a lot of our load um, through our pelvic girdle. So when we start losing that, um, that, the strength of those or the distension of those ligaments and you get more of that shearing force. You get this little fibrocartilaginous disc here becomes inflamed. And once that becomes inflamed, it's really hard to get rid of. So for those women, what we typically do is look at all the muscles that attach to this area of the body. So you've got your adductors, which run down your inner thighs and your abdominals on the other side. So often it's a matter of you know, managing those muscles either with some strengthening or some um, release work through those. We also look at, um, have you seen those, those pelvic girdle belts? Mm-hmm. So they can be um, fab- fabulous for, um, for women who experience this. I find with the belts, if they've already got the pain, putting a belt on at the end of the day when the pain's at its worst will make them worse. So a lot of people will think, oh, no, the belt hasn't worked. It's something if you start to experience, you put the belt on first thing of the morning before the pain actually starts. Uh, another one of the, the higher ones which involve lifting the belly up, I'm sure you've seen those as well. Yeah. So taking that pressure, taking that belly pressure off off your pubic symphysis can give you a lot of relief. We'll do a lot of taping in the clinic so I'll actually be taping women's bellies up and, and that will just give them give them a bit of a lift and a bit of extra support. And also tubey grip. So if they can get, um, yeah, the big tubey grip and it's like having a big hug around your belly and, and, and that, that extra support can give women some relief as well. Yeah, we, we hand out the tubey grip in clinic. Um, yeah. And certainly, and often when women put it on, immediately they go, oh, I just, you know, yeah. just feel, it feels like someone, as you said, someone's giving them a, a hug. And, and helping hold it up. And, and yeah. also, actually, if, if the pain does become quite bad, ice, you know, it, it, it's inflamed, it, it's not happy. Um, we get a lot of women to just make sure they put an ice pack on it just to give them some relief as well. Yeah, beautiful. Excellent. Um, so I guess the big take home there with, with, with thinking about the pelvic girdle and caring for the pelvic girdle during their pregnancy is, is really staying fit and healthy and, and nice and strong. But I guess in, in that strengthening, you're also making sure that they're stretching as well because you don't want those muscles to get too tight for later because yes. you want to be able to open. That can definitely also happen. That, that, that's one of the factors we see because, because of that increase in laxity. Often some of the muscles, if they're not coordinated in the right way, some will become overactive and will get trigger points. And that can be causing them pain as well. And that's when we have things like, have you seen the spiky balls? Yeah. And they and women, we'll, we'll give them one of these and then send them home with some exercises and they can do some self-release at home, you know, popping this into their backside where it's really sore, um, as long as it's not over a bony prominence. But this can help, um, help women treat themselves at home with some trigger point release. 
Yeah, beautiful. Excellent. All right. So let's then have a, a talk about post-birth. And, and one of the things that I guess women do get concerned about is that abdominal separation that occurs after having their babies, which is a really normal thing. Women have been pregnant. And I guess as we've been discussing, it's, it's something that you don't even have to be pregnant to have abdominal separation there. I know my husband has one. I think okay. two out of my three kids have one. I don't know. I never checked myself before I had kids. So I'm not sure if I have one, but a lot of us already do. So I really um, advise women to go and check your husbands, check your kids uh, and see that they probably have one as well. Um, and it really, the literature shows between 70 to 100%. I'd say it's more 100% clinically. Um, but 100% of women will get some abdominal separation during pregnancy. You know, our uterus grows what, a thousand times the size of, it, of its normal resting size um, pre-pregnancy. So it has to give, our body has to give somewhere. And, and the logical spot is through our linear alba, which is that center, um, center line of fascia, um, yeah, which separates with, with um, pregnancy. Beautiful. So what can they do then to, to help with that? Like, how do you help to, to rehab from that post-birth? And how important is that? It's very um, specific. So I, first of all, when they're pregnant, um, one of the important, one of the most, uh, the biggest pieces of advice I give is literally um, let it go. So letting their tummy go. So I've watched too much Frozen with three girls, but <laughs> um, a lot of people will, a lot of pregnant uh, clients will complain about that ripping sensation and that tearing sensation, especially into that third trimester. And I'll just say, look, when you're standing up nice and tall, have nice tall posture and then just let your tummy go. We're, we're all used to contracting it all up, but I said, no, just let it go. It needs to stretch the muscles cannot stretch when they're activated. So the more activated, the more there'll be ripping and, and stretching of that linear alba because the muscles are unable to do it. Um, so that's one of the really big ones um, that we try and emphasize during pregnancy. Also um, understanding that, so your linear alba is a fascial connection and that fascia surrounds four muscles of your abdomen. And you've got two oblique muscles which come down from your ribs, your rectus abdominis and your transverse abdominis. So it's really important to mobilize and keep some, a lot of movement in your rib cage because your external obliques start up here. They start up at your fifth rib. So these guys are actually going to impact that, that linear alba. So if there's some more flexibility there, those muscles have more room to stretch um, and, and that will minimize the amount of diastasis, the amount of tummy separation that you'll get as well. So they're probably the two big factors that we talk about when they're pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, afterwards, the, the rehab is very, and we're talking about this earlier, I, I give different advice for when I'm seeing people in the clinic because I can be quite specific and, and progress them a little bit further. Um, but the general advice is to start at about that four to six week mark. You can actually start, um, start looking after and start that um, diastasis repair. And that's really with a vaginal birth. With a cesarean, it can take a little bit longer depending on the healing of your wound. Yeah, and so what, what would be that? Would it be that you would actually advise them to go and see, see a physio to, to work out exactly what is going to be right for them? Or is there something that they can just start to do on their own? They can definitely. I mean, first of all, I know the midwives are fabulous at um, checking diastasis uh, with, 
while they're in the hospital. And I know you guys will often flag um, flag people that actually probably need some treatment. So usually, yeah, you look, you guys are looking at, at finger widths. So you know, two finger widths and above, we really recommend you see someone. But like we're talking about before, it's not just the finger widths. It's also um, how distensible, how flexible is that leading alba? And the more flexibility the more likely we would like to see them um, sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. But to start themselves, so say someone's had a, a normal vaginal birth, no big issues, they've started their pelvic floor training um, and they're doing that religiously. Yeah. <laughs> and we say about four to six weeks, um, depending on how, also how they're feeling, um, start with a four to six week mark. And we can actually get them starting to do some just really small abdominal work. And it's literally just lifting up their shoulders and their head up, up from the floor. You know, lying back on the floor, we get them to activate their pelvic floor and their lower tummy. So just not the belly button to the spine, but just kind of tightening the muscles um, just inside the pelvic bone here. And, and then lifting up, so shortening the distance between their rib cage and their pelvis. So it's not a full crunch, it's not crunches, it's just lifting your head with the support of your hands and your shoulders up off the bed. And we found that that force going through the, the linear alba, it's the force and um, transmission which actually helps the strength and it helps the collagen. Um, the collagen uptake and it makes it stronger and thicker and ideally bring that rectus abdominis so bring the um, bring the separation a little bit closer together yeah beautiful and what is the importance of getting that back to to what is normal for that woman again remembering that they don't come back completely do they it's no. about coming back to what is what is normal for that woman why, why is that important yeah it's um uh, we often we need it to transfer load across our abdomen and it has been shown I, I think the literature it's a little bit um controversial with this but it has been shown to assist with lower back pain and incidents of lower back pain in the future and one of the main things um which women get worried about coming to us about is because of aesthetics they don't like the look of and I don't think that's, you know, that's such a bad thing that we can help them, you know, uh, with the aesthetics of it as well. Um, but definitely, you know, the transfer of load across your abdomen, so across the front, uh, having a strong core actually, you know, help, help that pelvic stabilisation because all of those muscles actually stabilise around our pelvic girdle as well. And then that will also impact, you know, uh, further down as we know that the whole body is connected. So we need that stable, stable base really, um, the rest of us to function properly. Yeah. Do you find women who do do a lot of gym work during their pregnancy? So do do and folk that really focuses on their abdominal muscles. Do they tend to have? Because I, I was just thinking about what you were saying. How often the 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 dram tends to be larger when when those abdominal muscles are more contracted and stretching out. So, what what would you say? Would you say that sort of avoiding that that strong um, sit ups and abdominal work? Yeah, I think it's a matter of finding the right exercises nice. to do. Um, I find a lot of them who aren't being guided by someone who's educated in women's health, they will have a much larger dram. They will have a lot of muscle bulk down the side, but their dram will be a lot wider. Mm. Uh, if they haven't done a little bit more pregnancy-specific exercises, I find that that's a huge factor in the ones that we see in the clinic. And they can be a lot harder to reduce uh, within the clinic as well. So we're looking at more gentle abdominal exercises um, and, and stability around that pelvic girdle. But yeah, you're right. That's the ones that 
the bodybuilders who, you know, maybe aren't guided by the right, um, by people educated into women's health, that, that they mm -hmm. can end up with a much larger separation. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. So, so really what it comes down to again with, with all of this is, is prevention and the best form of prevention is just looking after yourself and staying fit and healthy um, and doing some exercise that, that works with, with the pregnancy. Um, so things like Pilates is, is amazing because that also, that strengthens and stretches. Yes. Um, and yoga is the same, strengthening yep. and stretching. Again, they use their breath as well, which is something that Combeth we're big at doing is, is using that breath work um, to help with that relaxation as well as the, the strengthening. Um, and and, um, and making sure that you're seeing someone who is experienced in yep. the field of women's health, who understands the, the changes that occur to a woman's body when she is pregnant so that they can work with that rather than against it. Yeah, I think that, that that's the big the big one we see and we try and emphasize as well is just see someone that's educated in women's health. Um, there are a lot of, and especially at a time like now with um, everyone going online, um, there's probably a lot of programs out there that aren't as women's health specific. So even if you're doing a Zoom with a personal trainer, there are a lot of fabulous personal trainers and Pilates instructors that have a lot of education in women's health and for pregnancy and postnatal. So just make sure that your, your trainer does have some um, extra knowledge in, in these areas. Yeah, beautiful. Excellent. Well, well, thank you once again. Um, Sophie, I really um, do appreciate you coming and having a chat to us today. It's always so fascinating. Um, I just find the body incredible, particularly in pregnancy, the changes that happens. And I think the fact now that we really can understand that really helps us to work with it so much better and, and to stay fit and healthy during those pregnancies to prevent any musculoskeletal issues post, but, but just to sort of really help our recovery as well. Definitely. Thank you for having me, yeah. Catherine. I've enjoyed it.